if we present Jesus as an idea to be understood mm. rather than a person to encounter, then right there you've gone off track. Mm -hmm. So what I see a lot is like, let's study Jesus, let's study about him, and let's present him as like something to be grasped, like an idea. Right. And then the word of God is like precepts that you should understand. Like I'm like, sometimes I go to church and I feel like I'm at school. Hi. Welcome to the Grotto Podcast, hosted by Steve Kim and Michael Yu. I'm your producer, Josh, and today we talk about religion versus relationship. In this episode, Michael and Steve get into the depths of religion and talk about what happens when church leaders start presenting the gospel through a set of rules and regulation and leave out the presence and person of God. So we get a little controversial in this one. So if you're ready for some bold statements on the current state of the church, Make sure you're strapped in tight in your seatbelts because this conversation is going to take you from economy to first class. Don't worry, you'll get the reference when you listen through the whole thing. As usual, if you have any follow-up questions or would like us to talk more about this topic, please contact us at thegrottopodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation on religion versus relationship. Welcome to the Grotto Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Yu. Steve Kim. This is Josh Lowe. And we have an interesting topic, and actually, like, I'm, I'm glad we're exploring it. We're talking about um, uh, religion versus, is it versus, or religion, religion versus relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So, like, this kind of, um, uh, yeah, this concept. So, maybe, Josh, do you want to kind of, like, unpack that a little bit more for us? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just before starting this podcast, we were just reflecting and, um, you know, what does it look like to have, um, like a real relationship with God? Like what does a normal Christian lifestyle look like? Um, as opposed to just going through the motions. I know we talked about like why I go to church on that one episode and, um, like what does religion look like doing it just systematically and whatnot, mm -hmm. as opposed to just living by the spirit. Like, what does that look like? Um, I guess, um, yeah, I like to unpack that. I, it's a little controversial because I know a lot of churches or um, most Christians kind of live the Christian life intellectually. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can dive into, yeah, more into like convictions, leading. How do we live a life led by this by the Spirit? Um, yeah, let's take a deep dive into that. Yeah, so you know this concept. So I, this is a this is a new concept for me. So I can maybe represent some of the beginners okay. <laughs> in this. So like uh, when we talk about religion, you know, um, this let's let's break that down first. So when we talk about religion, you know, I think in some circles, re like being religious, religious or yeah. religion is actually being kind of like a um, like it's it's almost like a, a negative, right? It has a negative implication. And like a religious um, spirit, religious behaviors. Um, so, how does that differentiate from like what potentially we're supposed to, how we're supposed to uh, uh, like um, behave and, and believe? It's interesting. I was actually talking to someone, networking with someone today, or right. this week, and um, she is agnostic, or I guess doesn't believe that there is a God. Right. And I always, we just stumbled upon the topic and, um, kind of shared with her a testimony um and really opened her eyes but uh she she would said yeah i am not i don't i don't define myself as religious and kind of use that label mm -hmm. and i said you know i i you know there's that that common quote it's like don't be religious it's it's through relationship right mm -hmm. it's, it's not a it's not a religion it's a relationship but it really is that that's true and i said at the end of the day, it's not really about like following a set of rules. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's knowing, like covering on the last last episode, um, knowing that we're loved, mm. and and everything comes out of that. And I think like the doing comes out of like the being of being loved and knowing my my identity. So I think in religions when you even other religions, it's like a set of rules, your do's and don'ts. Um, if you do this, you get good. If you do 
if if you don't obey it, then bad happens to you. So there's mm-hmm. some like consequences to that. So it's it's almost it can almost like turn into a um, maybe like a philosophy. Mm-hmm. But it's so different when it's a relationship. It's a person. It's live. It's uh, conversational. It right. can change. It's not static. Religion's kind of really based on like the law, which rules. Yeah, yeah. It's just very obedient. That's right. right. It doesn't change. It's like you stick to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I think. Well, I think religion kills people. It kills spirituality, I think. Mm. Because it, actually, there's two types of people, right? People who follow the rules, and then they feel good about the fact that they actually are following the rules and doing the rituals that they're supposed to do, like read your mm-hmm. Bible, follow the commandments, mm. be a good be a good Christian when there is no such thing as a good Christian. There's just you are little Christ. Christian means little Christ or you're not. <laughs> right. Like, um, so it's always, I think religion destroys because there's people like that and they make, placate them or makes them feel, get them into a state of like, comfort that they're good mm-hmm. they're doing good right and they're like pleasing god mm. by this acts of obedience that serving at the church and you know when you go to church there's two types of people people who are like serving like crazy mm-hmm. that 20 mm-hmm. percent, and the 80 percent are like i don't know if i want to do this i'm like tired they don't feel good about themselves they compare themselves to the 20 <laughs> right <laughs> and then they're like Oh, I don't know. And then they feel crap about themselves and they mm-hmm. don't want to go to church anymore. So either both of them, they're being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Because one thinks that they're having a relationship with God, but they're actually having a relationship with works. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the other is like they can't find God because they're they can't do what they're supposed to do. And so it prevents them, they feel they already have identity and validation issues mm-hmm. that we talked about. So either way, you're you're destroying people's faith. That's why Jesus was so hard on the religious system mm. of his day. Yeah. He called them whitewashed tombs. They're graveyards. Mm. And there's there's this idea that Jesus said, you know, I'm gonna destroy this religious system, this temple. He said, I will destroy it. Mm. three days it will be raised again and jesus was talking about himself my death Mm -hmm. will destroy this religious system right and the the leaders of the religious system were sincere and they were they really thought they were doing the right thing for people most Mm -hmm. of them right and but jesus was like i don't care if you're sincere Mm -hmm. i'm gonna destroy this and he overturned the money changers and he like called he like honor John the Baptist who called them a root of vipers. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't want to be so hard on people who are trying to sincerely do their jobs and do what they think is best for people. But if you are bombarding them with religion, do's and don'ts, rituals, and people are coming and they're not alive and they're not alive to Christ and they're not full of the Holy Spirit and they're not in a deep relationship with Christ that they actually like commune with him daily and they're excited about Christianity, there's something wrong mm-hmm. and you need to really figure out what's wrong and reassess. Right. And I, I think that's because I think that's not Christ. I think that's what Christ uh, opposed. Do, do you feel that, do you see signs of that in, you know, we live in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Um, and it's, it's a, um, do, do you feel that, 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 you know, that it's, it's potentially going that way or the elements of, of that religiosity here? Um, this is when it gets controversial. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> well, I would say, I would say, because I've, I've been a pastor for 20, over 20 some some years and so i'm not saying i am innocent i you know we all go through our ups and downs of our faith and then i just 
I, and then I get tired. I don't know what to do. So I tell people what to do, how to read the Bible. And you got to do more of this. It's always like, do, you should do, you should, should. It, every time you say should do something, it actually does the opposite effect. People don't do it. And then they actually live in shame. Mm. But, you know, it's like I go to church and I hear that all the time. You should read the Bible. You should have quiet time. You should. It's always a should. You should right. do it. You should prove your faith. You should prove your Christianity. Rather than like introduce them to Christ, who is Jesus, and let them fall in love with Jesus, and it's a natural byproduct response to who Christ is. People are not walking in that. It's because they haven't really met Jesus, right? Um, so I think, I think our primary job as leaders of faith is to introduce people to Jesus in your own life, and in in the preaching of the word, and then inviting the Holy Spirit into your church to do all the things that Jesus did when you read the Bible. Right. But um, I would say when it becomes religious is that when the churches, leaders of the church control everything, uh, and they're in, they're in a modus operandi of fear, like fear mm -hmm. that these Christians are not doing what they're supposed to do. So we get a, preach more convicting messages about reading the word and go evangelize to people. And like, you know, you should do more. You should serve. You should go on missions. It's like, they're not doing it. So we should encourage. It's not encouraging. It's more of like condemnation mm -hmm. and subtle, like shoulds and coulds. And you should be doing this. And it's like, it's, you know, so I think it's, it's like a form of control based on fear rather than faith. Faith is more like let's invite God into our into our gathering and let's mm -hmm. invite Jesus. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to do His work. Right. I am just a conduit of His presence, yeah. like mm -hmm. of His work. So that you need to really release control when you do that. And because God can do crazy things in a service, He can bring healing, physical mm -hmm. healing, emotional healing. You can bring revelation. It can change people's lives. You can bring reconciliation, right. forgiveness. So, some, so many amazing things can happen when God's presence is there. But uh, if you're afraid, if you feel, if you're afraid of what like God actually might do, then you start to control. Right. And when you control, then you're not, you're doing religion, you're doing a church service out of your own fear. And that becomes man-made, which is mm -hmm. basically institution of religion is man-made. So that's just my little rant, but I'm sure I can't say that for every single church in Vancouver. But I would say there are many churches that I visited that I would, um, it's not it's not a judgment, but it's like, I don't feel God's presence here. Hmm. Where, where do you think that comes from? Because I, I, I'm sure all the pastors out there have good intentions. They don't, you know, want to end up being, oh, I'm a, another Pharisee. Like, where do you think are the pitfalls that they kind of, you know, get trapped into that. Uh, I mean, you did talk a little bit about like fear and, and things like that, but um, is it a lack of embracing the Holy Spirit or understanding who he is? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things, but I think like if we present Jesus as an idea to be understood mm. rather than a person to encounter, then right there you've, gone off track mm -hmm. so what i see a lot is like let's study jesus let's study about him and let's present him as like something to be grasped like an ideas right. and then the word of god is like precepts that you should understand like we're, i'm like sometimes i go to church and i feel like i'm at school mm -hmm. yeah powerpoints three points presentation it's like clean neat 20 minutes mm-hmm um, if you're like preaching revelation, you can preach for an hour and people be riveted mm -hmm. because you're preaching ideas. That's what you got. People are zoning off after five minutes because they feel like they're at school. Mm -hmm. So I think you are not presenting an idea. You're trying to, you're, you're, you're creating an atmosphere where you're trying to introduce him to the person of Jesus, encounter him. So it's not just preaching. It's like the worship. It's the songs. It's the music. It's the gathering of people 
even if it's not a big gathering, just people hungry for uh, more of God, more mm-hmm. of Jesus, more of Christ, more of the authentic like relationship encounter. Right. Like Jesus is alive. He speaks me through the word. He speaks me through people. He speaks to me through dreams and visions. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen him do miracles in my life and I've seen him working. I see him working even through the valleys of my life. I see him everywhere. I see him. He's like a person just as real as my wife and my friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's the most powerful being in the universe. And if I'm, if I'm going through something bad, you know, God says he works out all things for the good of those who love him. Mm-hmm. That means if you're going through something bad, that's not good. It's not the end yet. Right. That's not the end of you. It's just your story has not finished. And if you go through something bad and you still die, if you're a believer, the end is heaven. So our end, our destination is always good. Right. So I think people just need to encounter Christ. Mm-hmm. And that we can't procure that. We can't conjure that. But the Bible does it call upon me. Mm-hmm. And that word call, the first people who were believers were not Christians per se in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament is people who were who called upon the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that word called in Hebrew is more of like a desperate call desperate desire to encounter more of him. Like I want Christ to encounter me. I want Christ to come into my life and I want to see him as he really is. Because I, my personal belief is that people who see Jesus as really is, their lives will never be the same again. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wish for people. I know I'm sure there's lots of people out there in Vancouver, but I, 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 I want to see more of that. Right. Mm. I'm like, where are the people? Come and talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. Let's spur, let's spur one another on. Let's, mm. let's talk about how much we want to advance God's kingdom on earth. Like, let's talk mm. about that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you've been doing things for a certain way for a long time, you can kind of fall into this um, like ingrained pattern or this formula and this formulaic um, recipe to, to um to be able to communicate God's try to communicate God's message to to a community mm-hmm. and i think i'm not like at all times in mankind things are changing and evolution is happening um evolution is happening and 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 the environments are changing and um i feel that uh, you know if we're stuck in our old behaviors like that kind of you know that uh, we talked about the pharisees being stuck in these behaviors and Jesus being like this element of, of, uh, you know, disruption in a, in, in, in a, in a case. And that's like a business term. They always talk about a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, if, if you, we've been feeling that we're just kind of, uh, falling into a habit or a pattern that has no, um, uh, that isn't helping us to encounter Jesus as a relationship but really just um, feeling that you have to fulfill your religious obligation um, by going to church or by doing these different things. That's a, that's a very different um, precept. Uh, and uh, so I think, you know, I think that people, you know, with kind of what's happening in the, in the world right now, if there's any time that people are going to be more receptive to different changes and God's doing this all intentionally as well. Um. Perhaps it, you know, perhaps it's now, I, I, you know, and we don't, and I'm glad we're talking about this um, topic um, because I think it's. People are like waking up, right? Yeah. You know, we want, like we were just talking before we got on in the podcast today, like that we want to see people revived, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe they fell in love with, they, they encountered Jesus, they fell in love with him, but then they've had this kind of season of or this time where they're um, maybe just falling into a religious pattern or in a habit and they're not really encountering and, uh, and, and build developing that relationship. And, you know, we want, we want that like living. Um, yeah. We want just that, that spirit to be living with like, to, to be living in that spirit uh, all, all the time versus just living in the rules and regulations and, supposed to do 
this, so I have to do this. Like do the godly things on Sunday and then everything else just yeah. as usual. Or like, you know, even just you know, just I listen to like for example, I, I I fall into these patterns myself. Like I listen to worship before I go to um to work every day. Is it what's the intention behind it? Is it just because it's something that I do? Mm. Is it do I enjoy the music or is it about like, you know, real worship, having that relationship with God, entering into um, what do they call it? The throne room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, that's what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be a celebration. And I'm just, you know, or is it just like another thing on my to-do list, which is something that we shouldn't, that that's, you know, just like when we look at some of the passages and I'm no expert on the Bible, but when we look at some uh, passages like the Pharisees, you got to wash your hands. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it feels like sometimes it's, it gets, you get into this behavior and, and the Bible's trying to share with us the message that, um, you know, God's living and, and his message can be felt anywhere in any place at any time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I love the stories of the disciples, like being in the midst of fishing and then God called them. So like God can call us in all places. And we talked in the last podcast about God giving a message to Steve as he was night, as he was on night's watch with his son, you know, which is like how it could happen to any, it could happen and you can get an encounter at any time. And I think it's kind of really um, exciting. And that excitement for God is something that I feel, um, and I might be wrong, it might be lacking in in our city uh right now uh i don't know how many people are listening to this outside of vancouver maybe a lot maybe a little but you know i think that might be something that's lacking in the western world maybe mm-hmm. um and so you could think about within your own cities how that's being uh portrayed so you know i, I no, think nobody wants religion right nobody wants i don't know sorry to interrupt you no no, no good nobody wants religion but that's all they got. Mm-hmm. So they have to go somewhere. And so that's all they, it's like, mm. nobody wants to sit in economy. Right. But that's your only choice. That's you're going to sit in economy mm-hmm. and you're going to be happy with economy. Like I've gone to Africa 30, 40 hours sometimes with layovers and man, going in economy sucks, mm-hmm. but I have no choice. Right. But you know, some, some couple of times I got upgraded mm-hmm. first class. Yeah. Man, once you go first class, you never want to go back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, relationship with Jesus is like first class. Mm-hmm. Religion is the economy in the backseat where the seats don't recline and you're like right next to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might, it might get you there. It might, it might get you to the destination, but your life is, you're living a life. We're not talking about heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Talking about your Christian experience, right? You might have a miserable <laughs> journey. Mm-hmm. I want that full experience, man. I want that. I want that. I want. I'm like, surely this is not yeah. what God intended, right? I see a bunch of people. They don't even read. They don't read their Bibles. Not. I'm not telling you you should read their Bibles, but you know why they don't read it? Because it's boring. Mm. But you know why? Because somebody made the Bible boring for you. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the, growing up made the Bible boring. And now you don't want to read it because it's like eating broccoli. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was going to say, like, is it, because the big factor is the format and how we, how the religious system is uh, or like how it's preached. And, and maybe that needs to be shaken up or, or maybe other factors. I'm just speaking as a pastor. My, I used to pastor. Mm. Um, there's a lot of pastors burnt out. Mm. And I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. And they're going on fumes. And I, I know many times I didn't, I wasn't praying. I was just like studying the Bible to teach them something about God. But I wasn't, uh, I didn't preach what I practice. You know, they say, practice what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. That's the opposite. You preach what you practice. Mm. And sometimes because you're not practicing, you're not living that full, like, manifestation of God's kingdom in your life. 
uh, people don't see it. And all you got is just study and you're just giving information. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a sign of burnout and I've been there. I think the first thing to do is reconnect as a pastor, as a leader, like you need to have, you need to come to like a Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to encounter him beyond your seminary education. There's a reason why they call seminary cemetery. <laughs> like you get bombarded with all this theology and I've got, I've got ordained in the Presbyterian, like highly educate, educated system where you're like, you have to memorize church history and all that. And I, I'm glad for all that, but you can get, you can get lulled into thinking that that's it. That's what people need. Right. No, they need to see, they need Jesus. They need to see Jesus in your life. And I, and if people, if that's what you got and you are like studying the Bible and all you do is just giving information, obviously the Bible is going to be boring for people. They don't mm. want to go. Nobody wants to go to school on Sunday. What they want to do is like encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when, if you read the Bible, you're reading the Bible, not as information, but as revelation, like mm. you, you're like God speaking to you. Right. Um, I remember one of my favorite preachers, I, I had lunch with him and I, I was like, I asked one thing, one question I wanted to ask him is like, I don't see you looking at your notes much. Like, do you bring up notes? He says, no. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you do then? He goes, I just talk about Jesus because I'm with him all the time. So you read the Bible? Do you study the Bible? He goes, no, I don't study the Bible. I, I, I let the Bible encounter me. Mm-hmm. And then what I've been talking to Jesus about, I tell people. I'm like, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? And then so if you present the word like that, then you're like, people are like flipping through the Bible. Where did he get this stuff? Yeah. And so that's just one example of like, um, I think it's, I think my my preaching professor said, if you preach and your sermons are boring, it's a sin. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good his name, I still he's remember saying, him, Dr. Pinnell. Wow. He's an African-American. And I preached and he said, what are you saying, boy? He didn't say boy. I'm just, that's for <laughs> effect. Because that's, that's how it sounded to me. He said, what are you talking about? Because you have to preach in front of your student right. class, mm-hmm. right? He said, that was boring. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, it's a sin to preach and be boring. Do you think Jesus is boring? <laughs> Let me ask you a question, son. Do you think Jesus is boring? I said, no. Do you think the Bible is boring? No. That means you're boring. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to say about that. He said, it's a sin to make the Bible and Christ boring. Yeah. You're not supposed to entertain them, but mm, it's not even about, ent- it's not even entertainment. What it is, is like, the Bible cannot be boring. It's revelation. It's God's word to us that can change our lives. People should be in anticipation of reading the word and hearing the word. Right. Because at any moment, a word can come and have like dramatic effect of like, it's like taking a pill that changes your whole life. Mm -hmm. It's a transformative word. So it doesn't matter if you're shouting or talking quiet or no, it's revelation. It's like, it can't be boring. People should be anticipating listening mm-hmm. so i think and we do that to a lot we do that for a lot of things like the word the preaching the teaching and then also just like the rituals that we practice like singing basically has come down to a lot of times sing along just we sing a couple of songs and i see dead faces sometimes i go to church and i see dead faces people just this is when it's not like it's a ritual. I'm giving something to God. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my 10 minutes of giving something to God. I'm singing. I don't even know what I'm singing. Mm-hmm. But really, when you're when you're surrendered and you're giving praises to God, God is supposed to inhabit the praises. That's not just like an analogy. Literally, God's presence should inhabit the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you were singing and there's people who are like inviting Jesus into the sanctuary, the Holy Spirit. Um, imagine... If God showed up, what would happen? Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm giggling because I'm like, people don't think about that. Like mm. he is supposed to inhabit right. the praises of his people. That's his promise. Mm-hmm. 
It says, when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in power. Yeah. So is his presence is powerful to deliver, to soothe, to comfort, to speak. Um, it changes the whole atmosphere. So yeah. when was the last time you went to church and the atmosphere was like mm. seething with like the presence of God, like tangibly? I've been to places like that. That's first class. Mm-hmm. I've been to places where like it's not even about the size. It's like sometimes it's a small gathering. Because people are just ready to encounter God. Mm, And they're like worshiping him with all their hearts. And then the presence of God dwells. And then people hear God. Just things happen. People get healed. Mm -hmm. And this power. And when you go to to a place like that, you've encountered God. It's not boring. Mm -hmm. I've been in meetings that's three, four hours. And like it goes by like it's 30 minutes. You never want it to end. Because that's heaven. Mm -hmm. But when was the last time you went to church and that's what you felt? When was the last time you were like, I can't wait for church to happen? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just asking you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, when was the last time you were like, I can't wait for Sunday? Because when I go there, like God's presence is going to come. Right. And you never know what's going to happen. Mm. Like what he's going to say to me. I mean, like in full anticipation of his like presence and what he's going to do. Like. Right. That takes a lot of relinquishing on the leader's part mm-hmm. and teaching people how to invite the presence, mm-hmm. creating a habitation for his presence. That's the throne room. The throne room, you're talking about the throne room. Mm-hmm. The throne room is like the actual place where the veil was torn so that you can actually encounter Jesus. Right. So I just wonder when was the last time when people had that kind of encounter but because they just think, they think economy back row near the bathroom, the seats don't recline yeah. is that that's the best. <laughs> right. Then you think, well, this is all I got. Yeah. But that's, there's more than that. Yeah, there certainly is more. And I think, you know, there's obviously, I think we're living in such a rich environment in such a rich city. And they always say like, you know, it's, mm. it's more difficult when you're, you know, surrounded with wealth to be able to understand and encounter God, there's obviously lots of different passages in the Bible. I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't quote them. I'm sure Steve and Josh might be able to, but materialism, right? Yeah, it distracts distracts us. I think that there's there's elements of that. Not to make an excuse for the city, um, but you know, it's going to take more effort. It's going to take more um, commitment, and because you know, when you're uh, based on you know uh, my experience with the city. Um, I think that people feel here that they, and I've been guilty of this myself, that I don't need God as as much as maybe somebody that's in a different position needs God, mm-hmm. and uh, which is certainly which is not the truth. The truth is we need God. We need we we need um, uh, the Spirit um, to 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 have meaning and to have purpose and to like and to um, like live in fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think, you know, there's, there, the, I think that that could be a potential, um, reason why, um, uh, and, you know, we have to, um, create a solution, you know, and, and for, for in, in many cases. So, um, I don't know your thoughts on that. I, here's the ahead. problem solver. In you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Right. Well, I don't think that's the issue. I think okay. it's, I think, um, because the the one of the richest and wealthiest person in the Bible, like Zacchaeus, met Christ. Mm-hmm. One encounter with Christ changed his whole life. Mm-hmm. And so, people it's not that people are comfortable with their wealth and comfort. It's because that's all they got. They haven't given. They haven't been shown an alternative. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, sure. There's people who are like, no, I'm, that's not for me. They right. just are happy with their, with their, where they are. But there's a lot of Zacchaeuses out there that are up, full of abundance and they have everything they need. Mm-hmm. But their soul is deprived. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know that it's deprived. It's like dry ground that don't understand that they need water until you give them water. Mm. They're like, oh, that's what I needed. Right. So really the solution is to create a place for people 
create space for people to encounter Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that in my life. I mean, mm -hmm. there's people who are rich, poor, all different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds. But when they come into a place where people are truly inviting God and the Holy Spirit into a presence where, into a place where God is acti active, like tangibly, mm -hmm. um, they sense it. Right. You can sense, like, they, they want more of that. They're like, where did you get that? Mm -hmm. And they encounter people that are totally in love with Christ mm -hmm. in a genuine, authentic way. They want more of that. Mm. So it um, doesn't matter what status, socioeconomic status you're in. Mm. They just don't know. So comfort is like the stage you're at in your life when that's the highest level you've achieved so far. Mm -hmm. And you don't think there's any alternative. Right. But the solution is not to get them out of their comfort. You know how we like get get out of your comfort. Don't think about money. It's, yeah, that's not the solution. It give them an alternative, mm -hmm. so they don't get. They're like, oh, there's more than this. Like, I want to take this time. I'll be quite vulnerable. Um, like when when you're sharing about how church should be in in that way and just being vibrant, like, um, I personally haven't felt that in the in recently. Um, even, um, and, and the church I go to is great and, um, they're actually very spirit led, um, and, and not traditional at all. Uh, but I think it just made me reflect. It's really the onus is it, at the end of the day, it really comes on me. Um, so taking this, like the last month, just having a newborn and not going to church, especially with COVID, it's actually been, um, good. It's relaxing and, and made me reflect, oh, wow, like. Maybe I should feel feel bad about this that right. like you know and I'm not I'm enjoying not going to church, um, but yeah, it's really making me reflect um, that it is something that I should desire to encounter God because um, the last little while I've been playing like drums and so coming from someone who who serves in, in the Sunday service, sometimes my mindset can just go to oh I should do this or it's I I gotta do this serving part. Right. So for those who are, yeah, I guess listening and, and are part of those who serve church, it's important to really, uh, I'm speaking to myself, like check my, my heart that not only am I doing the, the servant part, but it's, um, it's connected to God. It's the, out of the relationship as opposed to the duty. I think you bring a good point because this, I've talked to a couple of people too. They're like, is it okay that I don't want to go to church anymore? I'm okay with it. I said, no. I said, it's just a revealer of your heart, mm -hmm. why you were going before, at a ritual, routine. And I'm like, I was talking to one pastor and they said, oh, most people don't even listen to our sermons online. <laughs> like, why are we even doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that just shows you why people are going. It's like, it should be convicting to you. Mm. Right. You know how I just say whatever is on my mind. <laughs> I say it at the most nicest way. I said, I would, if it was me, I would say, well, they didn't come for my sermons. They were coming for something else, ritual, yeah. hanging out with their friends after church, mm -hmm. something else. But they weren't coming for that because right. um, nobody's listening. <laughs> it's a revealer. COVID-19 mm -hmm. is a revealer mm -hmm. of your heart. And so... I hear that all over the place in Vancouver. And I just, I would just say it's pruning. It's like God is cutting away the excess. He's mm -hmm. telling, he's revealing things, your heart. Um, it's time to reflect and to really think about what we were doing before mm -hmm. and change. And um, you said, well, do I miss it? I miss it deeply. Like I want to go back, but not, to where I was, um, this is bad to say, not to where I was going before in Vancouver, but I, I long to gather with a group of people that are like there for, majority of the people are there for one purpose. And and there were times like that, even in uh, my old church, when I was doing church, and even people, uh, my friends' churches or conferences or my mentors' church where I would go and I'm like, I can't wait to go. Mm -hmm. I count the days. Mm. 
count the days for meetings and just like, oh, it was just heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. So, um, and there's even Sundays when I was pastoring a church, there were Sundays I anticipated the Sunday because I had like something amazing to say. Right. I, I this is, I, God gave me this. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. So, and I can't wait to worship with my family. Yeah. And I can, I, I'm, I just want to see what God does. Mm-hmm. So that should be the opera. And now it wasn't like that all the time. Right. But I'm saying that is the that is the sample, and that's what we sh- that's what I think the church should be. And I'm never going to compromise that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I think it's a good time to reflect. And what surprises me, this is another controversial thing. Do you guys mind if I say something controversial? Sure, let's do it. Go for it. Right, let's talk about COVID nineteen in Vancouver and how the church has just completely surrendered to the government. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. No singing. No. Yeah, I understand in the beginning, like there were people didn't know what was happening and, right. pe- and um, yeah, we need to take care of our elderly and I have an elderly mother, so I want to take care of her too. And I want to protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what I got to say. Now, I know the BC government, they're all good-hearted and the Canadian government is sincere, but what I want to say is this. like, They have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I know that they're opening up the P&E. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know there's restaurants that are open and I know um, the mall is open. Right. You know, there's people, I go to the mall and there's people like right next to me yeah. speaking very loudly. Mm-hmm. But nobody said, because we got to get the economy going. Right. Now the schools are open and children are going to school. And there's like cohorts. What is this cohort? Like 150 kids. You can hang out with 150 kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. You think these kids are going to like buy, like abide by these cohorts? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to come back and spread it to their parents. And what are we talking about right now? Mm. So I think when it comes to like driving the economy and essential services, I understand that, but I think it should be consistent. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just saying the religious, like churches are not essential. That's why we are not allowed to meet. Even if we separate in the sanctuary and have mass and we can't even sing. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though I think Bonnie Henry just said recently, like, we don't know if this COVID spreads by air droplets, but close contact, right? She even said that herself. Mm. So what are we talking about right now? I think the leaders of the church, uh, I think me included, we need to stand up and say, you know, this, this gathering, that inviting God's presence and worshiping him together is essential. Yeah. And we can't just stand by and say, we keep, kept, keep like placating and go, no, we will, for the sake of other people, then you should be consistent as a Christian leader. Then, mm-hmm. then you should say, well, no more PE, no more malls, mm-hmm. no more right. restaurants, no school. Mm-hmm. Stand up for all things, then be consistent in everything. Yeah. Right. So I think at the end of the day, um, it's just that the malaise. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, for the sake of tolerance and being a good, good neighbor, right? Uh, I think, I think there's ways to be a good neighbor, and also ways to uh, stand up for what you believe, right? And uh, I think it is some ways it is doing much harm to the Christian Church in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people see it, but I see it very clearly. Yeah, I think it's ca- well. It's certainly causing a separation um, from you know from people with their, um, you know, taking away those even taking away the, the religion aspect of, of things. Um, it's creating that separation and that in uh, you know with um, you know with them and and how they receive God, right? Um, so, and yeah, you know, I, I would agree with Steve hundred percent about, um, you know, just 
just in compliance alone without, you know, without um, any question of, uh, of it, you know, um, and where are our priorities and where, where it is. Where I'll just say it very clearly. If the church was an economic driver in the city, it was essential. We would be allowed to meet. No, no question allowed. Right. Question asked. Mm. Um, but we're not essential. But it's not essential because nobody says we're essential. Nobody is protesting. This is essential. So that's the sending a message to our congregants and people. Gathering together is not essential. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go on like this until 2021. 20, yeah, right. And what is happening to all the people? So it's a revealer of people's hearts, but also it's a revealer of leadership. Like, mm-hmm. you don't think this is essential? Like the assembly of God and the exhortation of the word and right. the presence of God and worshiping together and reflecting heaven is not essential? I would say no. I think when it says in Hebrews, you got to don't, give up the habit of meeting together mm-hmm. two or more gathered there's we are empowered not just one mm-hmm. so yeah even if it's like to have home groups and uh, to meet at church and i know people who are like in small groups they're scared to meet hmm. i <laughs> i know you're scared i mean I, uh, yes yeah you should be careful but come on i go to the gym every day there's like 40, 50 people that are working out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And when I meet people, I talk to them. And if I know somebody at the gym, but they're right next to each other. The gyms are open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of droplets around there. There's a lot of droplets (laughs) everywhere. I'm careful to wipe it down, but sometimes I can't breathe in the mask. I just take my mask off. I've been going for three months. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what? Because it's essential. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying, working out is essential. So you're t- what, are you, what is the message you're giving out to people in the world? Yeah, you can work out at a gym and it's essential for you because it's for your body. But right. we can't go to a church and worship God, which is essential for us. So I'm speaking to some leaders out there like, come on, man. We need to just at least tell them, be consistent government. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And tell them, number two, it's essential. Yeah. If you're so worried about, as Christians, if you're so worried about like spreading, then tell the government to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not essential for you. Like shopping malls. Right. Right. Like gyms. Like restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like, w- do we really need to go to restaurants? Like, tell them to shut it down. Be consistent. Mm-hmm. But no, we go to restaurants. We go to the gyms. Right. We go to the malls. And then... But when it comes to church, we say, no, we don't, we don't need to meet that. We don't need to meet. And I say, yeah, I understand there's like big churches with over hundreds of people. Yeah, I understand. The, but you know what? 95% of the churches in Vancouver are under 100, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even less than 50. And I know some people are meeting, but I would say do it in more freedom. Like ask for more. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but. It's just a little, I've been frustrated by that. I, I just hate inconsistency. Mm-hmm. When I found out the PNE was opening, I'm like, right. what in the world? Oh, it's just because it's outside. Do you think they're not going to be lining up? Mm-hmm. Like the mall is, it's, I go to the mall and it's just, it's like height of like folly for me. Mm-hmm. Because right. these people are lining up outside and it's creating a log jam of people. Like you go to Metro Town, there's an Apple store. Yeah. There's like weaving of people. Yeah, there's people like in crowd, crowded quarters. They're in indoors. They're talking to each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you go inside, and some stores like there's people in there, and they wear all wearing masks. But there's like hundred people in there. Mm-hmm. I'm and like nightclubs are open too. Aren't yeah, nightclubs are open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm like. So nightclubs and dancing and drinking is essential. (laughs) Like opening up liquor stores where people are like buying liquor is essential. And then grocery stores, people like, yeah, those are all essential. And I'm saying church is essential. Do you Mm -hmm. think it speaks to the public perception of the priority of the church? And I mean, 
you know, they, they talk about what is essential, right? And there are these certain categories, but maybe spirituality in the Christian sense is not, they don't view it as an essential thing. And so, and maybe that's the failure of, of church leaders that we've failed to share the importance of it. Well, I Perhaps. think, it, I think it's the majority of people in Vancouver that don't think, well, this is necessary. We don't want to risk it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also indictment on the, on the level of Christianity in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But also it's uh indictment on the church that we haven't raised like the level of awareness of like what is essential for us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the majority don't follow, but if you are the remnant or the minority, and this is, you know, this is the funniest thing is that usually <laughs> when there's persecution that happens to the church, the church actually thrives and meets, yeah. meets more. Right. Right. In the midst of plagues and famines and persecution, mm-hmm. in spite of all that, they meet mm. at the at the threat of like persecution, imprisonment, and death. They meet. Mm-hmm. But what is happening? <laughs> People just scatter, and then now it's like everyone's all fine. We're good, and that's to me that grieves my heart. Mm-hmm. Going back to what we're talking about, it was just religion. Mm. A lot of people think it's just religion. Religion is like a part, something you do on a part, like about an hour of your week and you cannot do it anymore right that's religion relationship is like how can you give up on relation how do you stop my wife and i we we've been like really digging hard to get our to like being god's presence just us too mm. but I, we long to be with believers and mm-hmm. usher in heaven we long that's the biblical command and i think yeah, there's a season where we had to do that. I totally get it. Yeah. But I I really, I don't know why. Because when everything was shut down, I'm like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But when all these things were opening up, I went, okay, why is the church the last thing on the people's yeah. list? And it's because nobody's speaking up. So this is a clarion call to those who are listening. No, I'm probably going to get some hate mail, but <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. It's all good, That's man. Good. No, we, no we worries. more feedback on, right, this, yeah. on this podcast. It'd be good. Yeah. And, and Just don't give him my email. <laughs> I don't have time. We have our own. Well, you know what? I think, it, uh, you know, at this point, I, I would agree with you and with, um, you know, what is this, like thinking about in your life as well, what is essential in your life and what, and being willing to, to stand up for what you believe in as well. Um, and I think that that's, that is another message. Maybe people are fearful of standing up for what they believe in. Maybe people feel, I would guess that people feel the same way. However, they just can't, they don't feel like they have the voice, the power or the uh, ability to be able to speak up about it. So, um, you know, so yeah, you know, Josh mentioned a clarion call to those that, that have felt that this is, this is wrong and that they, they want to make a change. So, you know, I think this is, this is a good, uh, way to leave off, you know, to ponder how we can how we can change the culture of of church in in our city and in, in in the western in our western society and and what is essential to you. So those are some pretty cool um, uh, things to ponder, and hopefully God will give us some great wisdom uh, in in that in that light. So. On that note, uh, if you do want to contact us, uh, the best way to do so is through our email account, right, Josh? Yeah, it's the grotto podcast at gmail.com. And we're starting to open up having uh, guest speakers. Yeah, so totally. If People this, are getting bored of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if this resonates with you, just reach out to us and um, yeah, we'll probably get you on, on the call and we'll go from there. For sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So uh, the Grotto podcast at gmail.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five out of five on uh, the podcast app you're listening to. And until next time, I'm Michael Yu. Steve Kim. Josh Lowe. Okay. See you soon.